Welcome to Ah Crap A Hellboy Podcast, the show dedicated to the half demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah! And we're back for the final installment, the last two issues, issue four and five of The Black Goddess. Woo! Kate. Before we get into the actual covers and the storyline, and you've described this storyline, and I think this might cover also the warning, because I feel like the warning in this, and then maybe possibly the next one that this is going to sort of set up for us, is possibly like a, feels like, it's starting to feel more like a trilogy of storylines. But yeah, I think you've described it in the simplest way. This shit's crazy. It's crazy. (laughs) Each ending of it, I'm like, this is nuts, and I still, like, they still are leaving, like, so many questions for you. Which is good. Yeah, yeah, it is very crazy good. in a good way. <laughs> in a very good like, way. Like what I'm. The fuck is going on? I'm truly into Arcudi's writing. Yeah. Uh, the character development, or not even development. I, I don't even think we're in the development stage. That's the wrong way to we're put it. We're seeing them like tested further. Yes. Yeah. Especially tested is a great way to put it because I love where Abe and Johan are not on good footing with each other in their relationship. Um, They're definitely in a bad place with them trying to just be a team and probably feel very frustrated with themselves as, as well because Liz got kidnapped and so forth. So I love that. I love Guy Davis's art. I think he's just still doing good work, especially with monsters um, and all of that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, st- we call it crazy. And I, as you, you've continued to say, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Have you, is, does your version have his sketchbooks at the end? I haven't checked yet. I'm oh, okay. assuming it does. Let the me, one I'm reading, I'll, the I'll volume 11, the black goddess has like the sketchbook and stuff at the, at the end. And it's really cool. Just interesting, like reading their notes and stuff too. Oh, I definitely have a sketchbook in here. Sweet. I don't think I've taken a glimpse at it other than like some of his designs for the big um, crustacean machine. Walker guys. Walker guys. Yeah. I've definitely taken a look at that. Um, There's some fun stuff. I'll, I'll definitely glance through there and hopefully yeah. at the end of this, if you have anything you want to highlight. We'll definitely oh, yeah, that. totally. That being said, though, before we jump in the story, there was also something that we were talking on mic, off mic, and I think we should talk about it briefly on mic, is... Yeah. These underground creatures, we were trying to clarify who the fuck they are. Oh, we yeah. know them from Hollow Earth, but you had some information about them. Yeah, just clarify. that they're that they're known as the servants of the left hand, a race of humanoid creatures who live underneath the earth. So yeah, I think we were just calling them like underground dwellers or some shit like that. Subterranean. Subterraneans. Which is what our main characters totally are. Totally accurate. We're hundred percent right, never wrong. <laughs> and yeah, so just like they're those guys. They're the or the people of the left hand. They were a race of slaves whose masters were the Hyperboreans. Oh, so yeah. And the Hyperboreans are like these monks that. Yeah, these mem- monks and like, I guess Memnonsaw is like the one that's like prophesied to return to them and shit. But like, yeah, the monks are like descendants of the race of people, as we'll see in this, uh, these last two issues. Sounds like they were oppressors to the subterranean race. I'm just saying. Who's wrong here? I mean, the Hyperboreans <laughs> seem to be pretty bad all around, I would say. Like Yeah, yeah. they're not they're not completely on the They're good using side. their like evil knowledge. It's like, you know, they like learned this like knowledge of 
the angels, titans, watchers, and are like using it foolishly, I guess, is like the implication. Yeah, especially following we'll a leader, see. a leader who doesn't really has more of his ego in the game than he does the world being saved. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm with you there. Yeah. All right. Well, we don't have any segments uh, for this episode. We're just yeah, going full story. It. Yeah. Let's uh, give us that info and then we'll cover the covers and get into the storyline. Yeah. BPRD Black Goddess uh, written by Mike Mignola and John Arcudi, illustrated by Guy Davis, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley. Boo, Mr. And that Boo. Was, yeah, uh, published between January and May of 2009. Yeah, and we sort of left off where, like, the dragons appeared. You know, the monk, like, adorned Liz with these little talismans that are, like, floating around her in a circle. And it seems that through her power and through those talismans, some of the frogs kind of become, like, these little husks for the dragons who, like, erupt out of their tongues in this, like, really gnarly way and start kind of evening the playing field in the fight between the subterranean servants of the left hand slash frog army. Yeah. And we have one right now featured on the cover. Yeah. It's cool. Again, Kevin Nolan. Uh, I, I love, I'm going to be repetitive. I love his elongated arms for the frogs on this entire cover. Yeah, <laughs> like they're little like long stretchy fingers too. These kind of like spindly little fingers are nice. It almost reminds me of like Arthur Rackham. He's like this illustrator who did a lot of like, not even like folk tales, kind of like little fairy tales and shit like that. Uh-huh. But he's great. I mean, you should Google him, but he's like, he kind of does these fun like fairies creatures and like fae creatures and stuff a lot. And like they're little, these like little fingers remind me of those. These mm-hmm. kind of like knobby, knuckled, sort of uh, really skinny hands. And they're just like fun. They're like all attacking one of the dragons that's emerging. And it's doing <laughs> this great like silhouette of this kind of like swirly serpentine shape. The dragon itself has like fun skinny arms. I yeah. like that detail. Yeah, it is very cool. That it ha- and they're so low on the body. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it's all neck. <laughs> yeah, it's very like eel-like yeah. shaped. Yeah. Like this feels like when you hear the classic description for a dragon in something called like when they use the word worm. Worm, yeah. This is like the illustration. The worm with the Y. Of. Yeah. Yeah, the worm with a Y, people. I think of, yeah, very like writhing sort of like crazy like undulating kind of a snake when i think of that kind of dragon this is it it's totally cool it's very cool and it reminds me a lot of the two references that pop up when i look at this version not the one that's inside that guy david's design but nolan's right here probably a little bit because of the color tone that um dave stewart has chosen here this like sandy sort of tan skin for the for the dragon it reminds me of one, the sandworms from uh, Beetlejuice. If oh you've yeah, ever seen that movie. Well, they aren't they like striped too? They're like <laughs> those are striped, striped and very yeah. colorful. But this, the kind of the mouth the shape more so, and the mouth, yeah, totally. Yeah, they remind me of that. But then, of course, you know, because I'm obsessed with it. Um, they re- this one reminds me a lot of the Dune, the Dune sandworms. Yeah, yeah. Because this one, the color more, for sure. Yeah, the color. 
the, the sort of slithering shape, but then like it, it has its eye close, I believe here. And it's in it while it's screaming, it's fire out of its mouth. Yeah. But it makes it also look like it doesn't have an eye, which, which the worm, the sandworm. Worms and yeah. Do, they don't have eyes in that. So, so. fun. And then I like how they have that cool, that red and orange symbol of the, the talisman in the center. Did you ever play breath of the wild? The legend of Zelda game for a switch? No. It's okay. I want to. I haven't. I really want to. <laughs> it's fun. I'm play. I'm replaying it right now. I have it on. Like I have the cartridge. You could borrow it. What I'm. Doing. I would love to borrow yeah. it if you'd let me. It's really fun. <laughs> There's a creature in it that's not quite like this, but it's like a sandworm esque kind of thing. Ooh. But it's really fun to fight. Cool. Sandworms yeah. are sandworms are very cool and interesting. They're like scary. You know, tremors, baby. <laughs> Just the idea of something attacking you from below is scary. Yeah. You know, it's like 360 bubble of danger zone, you know? <laughs> like you think like something might attack you from below if you're in the water, but on land you're like, I'm good to go. And then something just like swallows you from the earth. Yikes. Scary. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great cover. And yeah, of course, the frog tail talisman in the foreground uh, is really fun. Yeah. And I like the colors sort of imply Liz. On the talisman versus she's not on this cover, but I feel like the red and the orange. Oh yeah, like apply her energy. Yeah, absolutely. And then yeah, when we get right into it, we see Johan's walking through the maze. He's like decided, oh, they don't like the army guys don't need me. I'm just getting in the way. And they said to come, like you know, uh, Abe and Kate and the crew said to go find them. You know, if they, it's been like well over two hours, so I better go. So he's like walking through the maze, and at first I was like, fuck, he's gonna get like stuck in here. But he seems (laughs) to get through fine, as we'll see. I like this detail of the wall having like a narrow railless step going up it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really scary. It's very scary, and it's interesting. Do you think, is that implying that that's how Johan got in originally? Or is it just showing that detail to show that's where the monks ascended onto the. I think that's like how the monks got up. I think Johan's basically on the step. I think he just walks right. he through that crevice in the, the main wall. entrance. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, I like the steps. I like how the wall has those like engravings Carvings on it and too. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, I think that's, that's cool. awesome. Yeah, and then we see the fucking melee going on out front. Two page spread, baby. Crazy. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> Where you have like the subterranean like lizard mounts kind of in the bottom but then really the main action is are the big giant crustacean walker guys and the dragons are fucking kicking their ass they're scratching them up biting their little fins yeah they're in the bottom i love that the one dragon has like his body is looping around one of those big lizard creatures but as he just engulfs it in flame <laughs> yeah it's awesome <laughs> i yeah. love that and all um, the like frogmen are getting burned up too in, in this little corner it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a very... Tanks are piled up. Yeah, tanks are piled upside down <laughs> yeah. on top of a bleeding big lizard with mini frogs and yeah. such. But I loved how, like, the, the panel before of us showing those that stairs and just a bellow of smoke. I love the contrast between, like, that one panel. It's sort of, like, not peaceful, but it's quiet. You, right. you imagine that, like, that sound is being a little bit more muffled by the wall itself with Johan alone to just... Pure out chaos. <laughs> I like that smoke too. The smoke kind of leads into those carvings and the stairs bring, it's like this great diagonal yeah. um, sort of 
like uh, composition in this last panel, which like lead you to the bottom corner, which to me is like if you're holding the comic book physically, it's like leading you to down to that corner, down to the word bubbles and then turning the page and then seeing like the source of the smoke. Like you're literally following it down from the top where you, you notice it and then kind of draws you to this next splash page. I think that's a really nice um, lay, like kind of layout for this page. It's really cool. Yeah, totally. You're 100% right. All yeah. of that is great. <laughs> I, lo- I mean, all the details in this two-page spread are just so cool. And I love, because we'll get this eventually, but I love how we have the little, like the army people and some of the monks up on the wall. And this yeah. big, there's just such good detail. It you gives could you just, good scale for everything else, too. It's yeah. like the people are this little, like little ants and these <laughs> giant fucking monsters are fighting out here. It's really cool. Yeah, and I just I've caught it before, but just kept my eye right now before as I went to to slide my page over because I'm digital. The like what I'm assuming is the subterranean like uh, creatures in the corner, just all yeah. engulfed in fucking Boiling. flames. Yeah, <laughs> just fucking turned to ashes. Yeah, woo, crazy. <laughs> and it just continues on the next page. There's just more chaos. The you know dragons just blasting. A big group of them. But they're, like, ascending the wall. They're getting close, and the guy, like, the army guys at the top have to, like, be blasting them with bazookas and automatic machine guns and shit like that. Or, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever the fuck this is. I don't know. They're doing that classic thing, uh, you know, that World World Piling War up. Z. Yeah. yeah ant, the, ant cur- the, aunt, the ant pile or whatever. Yeah, just <laughs> walking up the dead bodies. <laughs> yeah. Like a nightmarish. And then, so all of that in contrast with this, uh, well, also like when Johan went into the maze, he's like, oh, they don't need me. But the last thing that this army, um, I think a colonel, I forget what his uh, like rank is. God damn it. Where the hell did that German gas bag go? Like, it sounds like he could use him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how. It's just, I mean, I know he's another body. Johan seemed to be like drawn in. And I guess we'll kind of see that that seems to be the case later when, when he meets with up with the rest of the BPRD. Even though the dragons are helping, it's like it's not over yet, basically. Yeah, they didn't just, they weren't like a cavalry that came in and f- like ended the battle. Yeah, they didn't end it immediately. <laughs> and then this huge juxtaposition between that page and this like serene garden with a, like a peaceful little pond and <laughs> almost completely like white flowers kind of surrounding everything. And Memnon saws there with his like now black garb. And Kate Kurgan comes in to kind of get some more information. She's like trying to figure out what's going on. He's like, oh, that's great that you're curious and being like, you know, explaining just like your typical madman explaining his like weird reasons. Yeah. He's like, yeah, maybe I went about this wrong kidnapping her. Um, but there's like this bigger picture, basically. Kate's like, okay, well, what the fuck is that? Let me know. <laughs> and he kind of reiterates the story that we've seen before of like how Titans brought fire from the gods. And three of those Titans slash watchers slash angels were brought down to Hyperborea and King Toth kept them in his garden. And like, used their knowledge a little bit kind of but it was also like basically like remained secret and and it's like implied that like toth was sort of like hoarding this power and this is what heka amem ra believed 
this knowledge could be owned by men, and so it should. And you see a picture of, I guess, the black goddess's either priest or human form, which looks a lot like Liz in this picture. Yeah, and that's the, I believe that's Hecate as well. Oh, that's her, Hecate like, specifically. Okay. I do think, I mean, I think that's what I, she becomes because Hecate, Hecate M.M. Ra. I mean, I think yeah. her, her name, of course, evolves over time, and she is the black goddess. Yeah. But I think that is a great comparison that you're throwing out of like with Liz, especially with the flame on top of uh, Hecate's or Hec at the time Heca Emma Ra like on her, her top of her head. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. Very good. Very good is all I'm saying, Kate. Oh, very yeah. Good. Okay. And then they show you the statue of the black goddess there that Liz is like in front of. Yeah. Um, she slew those angels and in their blood painted the secrets of the universe on the walls of Toth's temple. For uh, there for any to see, to learn, and to conjure with. So, yeah, this kind of like similar story of like biting an apple of knowledge sort of a thing. It's like bringing like this awareness to mankind that was like once belonged just to gods. And now anybody could use it. And he's like, yeah, it should have been a golden age. But like the kings and priests, most of them were not ready for this sort of agency. Corruption born of their born of their incompetence lay Hyperborea to waste. So once they got this power, they overused it and fucked everything up. And then Hyperborea like crumbled. Yeah. You know, and then some, um, some human sacrifices, which. Yeah. We no see context. Some, but we're like, what's going on? Yeah. It, like shit just crumbled. One priest could, you know, control the real power. And he like picked a handful of other kind of priest to follow him and it was like that's that's good but they, I love that he's when before we move on in this yeah. flashback I like that this priest who we've not been named in the comics but we've seen Liz see visions of him yeah that has that red uh fist or red palm on his head yeah he's holding that little that little um artifact that we know that Roger originally found and then Liz used in order to save America when uh, in the Black Flame. Yeah. Remember. It's, it's just yeah, cool to see those little, little instrument. touches. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, so this priest is like, he's like sending out this, he's kind of distributing this power, thinking like, you know, they could save the world with his teachings and all that stuff, but they, the, these priests like never intended to share it. They were going to let this power die with them. And then it cu- it cuts back to Johan. He's through the maze, just like that. He's like, oh, I made it. <laughs> and he's feeling this pull towards the tower where the rest of the BPRD are. He's like, still, I strongly feel that this is what I should be doing. Very, very strongly, I feel. And then a monk stops him. We don't see what happens next because it's it's interrupted by one of the crustaceans outside, full page, just a giant battering ram of a fist, <laughs> smashing into the wall, knocking down tons of monks and army guys who get like, completely ripped apart by frogmen and subterranean guys. I love that it's just a punch to the wall. Like, I don't know. There's something so funny and crazy about that moment. I mean, the impact is like really well done too. I think like this movement with the horizontal lines, uh, you know, it's almost like manga, like basically manga, like in the like kind of way that this like force is being drawn. It's really fun. And it gives it like a really slow, it like makes it feel like it's like a slow kind of, it's huge and moving super fast, but because it's so gargantuan, this crustacean thing, it's like feels like 
slow-mo almost, you yeah. know? Yeah. Because the fist, like, stays on the wall as dust is, like, shooting out and guys are falling, which feels, like, super fast. And then on a third page, it finally pulls its arm back. So it makes it feel so big and, like, slow moving, but in a way that's, like, a plane looks like it's slow moving, but it's moving fucking 600 miles an hour. So that's I, a, I love that. Yeah, yeah. I think they really do nail that. It's cool. It, and the mass of it mm-hmm. is really taken in, taken into consideration with this entire yeah. uh, motion. I love that. And as it pulls its hand back, all of these like huge rocks and debris are falling, crushing guys <laughs> below. It's crazy. And then it's like its fist goes up again, but it seems to miss the wall because it's getting blasted by fire from a dragon. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. Just a lot of cool like little action stuff to kind of break apart the Memnon Saw exposition parade that's happening inside. Yeah, and it, 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 I agree. It's and good it's balance. Not, it's very good balance because we don't want to Because we need those answers. We need to be like, Memnon Saw, what's your fucking deal? Yeah, and like we started off with like a full party arriving but they've br- yeah. bran- they've branched off and now we're having to deal with this giant battle Mimin saw and like Liz now Abe and then he or not Liz Mimin saw and Kate then yeah. Abe and Liz and then Johan and himself so they're doing a really good balance of like economically like dealing with all these little branches and it's and you're following it pretty really well like it's not yeah. like confusing or anything I think it's a lot of information to get across and they're doing it really well. Yeah, so we see, like, Liz still continuing to float there as the little talismans glow. Abe's looking at them suspiciously. He, of course, doesn't know that they're, like, creating the dragons outside or anything that's going on yeah. outside. So he's he's suspicious that Liz is being used as a battery again because that's what's happened before when the servants of the left hand had her. Yeah. So, you know, he's he doesn't want to move them because he doesn't want to hurt Liz. He doesn't know if, like, interfering with this is going to hurt her, which, like, you can assume, but he confirms later, like, verbally he says that. And then over that, they have this narration of Kate. So you're saying Liz is, like, one of those priests. No, Dr. Corrigan. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, he's so... He might as well have started that little, well, actually... <laughs> yeah. He's like, okay, explaining this, like, long, complicated thing. No, Dr. Corrigan, that was not the analogy I was drawing. And she's just listening to him, like, all right. <laughs> Devin's here listening, to, like, trying to take it all in. Then he, Devin's like, oh, I get it. You're a Toth, and this is your little secret garden for your angel. Son of a... I was right. He is in love with her, like... <laughs> It's so funny that I like these two as like, uh, like audience. And um, what am I thinking of? Like they're, they're just acting as the audience questioning yeah. and being like, oh, okay. I know. I think I get it now. I just <laughs> yeah. think they're great. They're definitely stand-ins for us. Yeah. And I like um, that they're finding yeah. humor in that hypothesis of him being in love with her, which is... Right. It's like, see, I told you. I got... I told you. <laughs> he's right there, this, like, evil sorcerer. Yeah, it's so fun. So he's basically saying, okay, Liz is going to return the power of the real to men, and this is, like, the moment when she's needed. And Kate's like, well, why, what the hell do you have to do with anything? Like, why are you here? He talks about meeting with the Hyperboreans who sh- showed him, like, gave him this, like, eye-opening revelation that he was this, like, chosen one kind of a guy. Like, it's his destiny to bring this real power back 
and he mentions like I wasn't going to be the first, and we see that like real powered suit. Um, yeah, that we saw which before. I th- which I do think this is a the first time we're seeing a teaser for like another like at least one off storyline called Sledgehammer. Just so you know. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, but we see like that suit like back in the day when he was like fighting with for this suit with like Lobster Johnson and crew. Yeah. Or wait. Now I'm getting confused. Yeah. No, you're right. Because there. that's okay. where we that's where we saw that suit was in the, the the Iron Prometheus. Yeah. Yeah. So we had it for a little bit. It's like a fun shot that almost looks like almost like Kirby-esque with this like hand reaching out and this very like dynamic superhero-y kind of pose. Yeah, it feels, it feels very it's very Iron Man very of Iron, the Hellboy Iron universe. Man. Yeah. <laughs> like the chunky Iron Man suit. And then he's like, Yeah, I saw the century before me and they show like all kinds of different shit that we've seen like historical thing like just like hitler in general man walking on the moon but we also have um rasputin holding up the sword like he's seeing everything laid out before him he sees the first glimpse of the price of failure he calls it which is like i guess the city's getting destroyed by the frog creatures right yeah so he's like uh uh you know it's kind of up to me to make sure that this plan works or whatever. And Kate's like, so why don't you fucking, like, if we're trying to save mankind, like, just team up with us. <laughs> and he's like, I don't need you. I have Heka Memra in Liz, who's like this reincarnated version of Liz, uh, or reincarnated version of Hecate, I guess, within Liz, who can harness the real power and all the shit. So she still is just like a tool yes. to Hecka or to Memnonsaw. For sure. Memnonsaw is like, yeah, you think you guys are going to get out of this with trying to save all people and that's just not how it's going to work. Like a lot of people are going to die and that's just like a price that I'm willing to pay to save the rest of mankind. And you're having like your little victories, but you're going to just keep losing it. And, and we're seeing as he's saying that these like giant battle that's happening outside. Just raging on. Yeah. And then it cuts back to the aftermath of Johan having stabbed the monk that confronted him like, hey, what are you doing in here? Which is a wild turn for Johan. Yeah, he like, usually is like avoiding confrontation or at least murder if he can help it. He doesn't just like subdue this guy like. You right. could like you could you could take him down by like doing what Abe has done, like throwing him on the ground and then moved along. Yeah, knocking him he out or something. Cut his fucking throat. Yeah. <laughs> and this other monk finds him. Johan skitters off, like sneaks away, and that's the end of the fourth issue. What the fuck? Yeah, we're like, damn, Johan, I guess you're being hardcore. I mean, we'll see why in a little yeah. bit. But it I, seems I, it seems uncharacteristic of Johan to just slice a throat. A hundred percent. It's so brutal. So out of left field for Johan. You're like, I wonder why. Is it characteristic of another character that we've ooh, seen? Yeah, so. We'll find out. We'll definitely get confirmation. We'll find out too. But I mean, this is, I mean, this, there's, they do a good job of, again, I think this whole storyline is full of like backstory exposition for Mim and Sa and filling us in on this bigger little like thing, another big corner of this world. Yeah. But they do it in such a way that you're like, oh, you guys definitely do it and breaking it up. So I never get weighed down by any of the information. Right. Which yeah, is, you know, kudos to them. Yeah. There's a good balance of action and backstory, like a shit ton that you have to like be tying all these threads together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I really liked, 
the part where Mimin saw like in his backstories, a couple of highlights of that is just like him talking about the, the suit and um him like for only a moment. So he's like referencing like iron Prometheus and how mm-hmm. I almost had it, but then I lost it because of lobster Johnson. But then I lo- and also like that, that Herman von Klemp's brain is in that back in that as a highlighted feature. Yeah. <laughs> just think it's fun. But I really like how his, his ego shines right through on that third panel on that page of like a golden bright version of a man saw looking over this new golden, like civilization yeah. and him saying a failure, their disclosures ensured would be impossible, impossible at my hands. It's like, this guy is so fucking full of himself. <laughs> Like for, you know what I mean? Like, and then of course it's followed by what you already highlighted was like, he straight up tells them, he's like, I have no need for you. And it's like, you, you are, we knew it from the big get go. You're a piece of shit. Which makes me wonder if the Hyperboreans are using Memnon Saw. Oh, great. Yeah. Being like, hey, I I don't know. Are are they misplacing their trust in this guy and like really do believe that he's going to bring about this second Hyperborean golden age or whatever, or are they using him as a tool? I like, cause he's not Hyperborean. He's like an English guy from, you know, it's like, it doesn't make the most sense to me that he would actually be this chosen one, especially when he gets like, spoiler alert, defeated in the next issue. Spoiler. <laughs> spoiler for the next 30 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I never yeah. thought of that. That is such a great, I guess I just, cause I'm, I'm fresh with the story. I, I I think that would be a richer if they really were just manipulating him to because they're like, well, we need somebody in the modern world. Nothing has like explicitly said that, but it's like he fails so bad. He does fail so bad. Like, but I think you're right. Be like, if they're this old race, they can't just pop out and be like, well, we're here to take over. They probably would need someone to be like, we need someone to deal with the yeah. world now so we can make our way. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see, because obviously the story continues after this fifth issue. Yeah. There's still a lot of questions. And still a lot of questions. Yeah. Any favorite moments or anything from this? I like the watchers in Toth's garden. I think they're so creepy looking. Like a great interpretation of like angels and shit. Like you see stuff like angels as they're described in the Bible are like horrifying looking. So it's it's interesting to see them depicted this way too. Like we've seen this before. But it's all—it's just fun for for me. I think it looks cool with their yeah. like chests, almost like translucent and like glowing, and their eyes glowing. They're creepy as shit. Yeah, I like that version, that creepy version of them. Uh, what about you? I mean, I think my highlights are definitely just these. I think particularly, I mean, like all the battle stuff is very cool. I think Guy Davis does a great job. Yeah. A lot of good splash pages, yeah. I, lo- I mean, I love just looking at this giant crustacean c- creature, like, holding onto a dragon as it gets bit by a dragon. Yeah, just great, like, kaiju fight kind of st- shit going on. Yeah, but kaiju in the sense that it doesn't feel like... It feels like Guy Davis came to the table inspired by kaiju. Oh, yeah, but- yeah. It's not, like, straight up copying them or something. Yeah. And I, but I like that. I like when you can tell, like, oh yeah, you 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 definitely are inspired by the classic kaiju, but you're you're bringing your own little like you've infused your own design into it, and it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like just oh yeah kaiju. It's just like yeah. oh, I love it. I love the one the elongated panel that was str- spreads across two pages with just that dragon blasting that pile of fucking frogs on the on the tanks. I just yeah. think that and with that 
um, sound effect of whoosh. I just yeah. love that. I think that's just a solid, solid work throughout for all this action. And again, it's it's funny to read like a lot of this exposition because it's like it's filling us in, but it leaves so many mysteries as well. Like like his whole part where he's like, the prophecy of my destiny was only the beginning. The twin serpents. It's like, who the fuck are these twin serpents? Yeah. Okay. They're coming out of this skull. Like you recognize <laughs> it from the talisman, but it's like, okay, this is like, I guess we're seeing where the talisman comes from, but not where it's like, okay, well, whose skull is that? And like, yeah, what are we getting into here? Yeah. So it's fun that they're like, they're filling in but also it's like there's still so much yeah. that's unclear, which I think they do good job, it's though. Dense of, with lore. Yeah. and But they do a yeah. good job of not overwhelming me to feel like I need to know and I don't understand. And mm-hmm. two, because you've already pointed this out, Kate and Devin really stand in for us. They're constantly yeah. being like, OK, then why not? Ally, like they're like, okay, you're saying all this shit, but let's cut through the bullshit. Why aren't you not working with us? I like them explicitly <laughs> guessing and getting it wrong because I think like (laughs) because that's I think that's part of it too is like us as the audience we're doing that in our heads too we're like trying to figure it out naturally so it's nice to kind of like to completely like say a theory that we might have at this point and then cross that off because of xyz reason it's helpful (laughs) I agree because there's a lot on our plates at this point as readers we're like okay I'm digging through a lot of lore I'm remembering like four different story like storylines from published four years ago like (laughs) trying to remember so like is it this and so you know andrew devon goes oh you're in love with her and it's this (laughs) yeah he like gets corrected and kate's doing the same thing i i just i like that way of just being explicitly like no it's not here's why (laughs) yeah i'm with you and it's it's a good way just to clear the clear space to get to the like what's actually true right I like that. Yeah. That's a good, it's a good, good device that Arcudi is implementing yeah, there. Yeah, it's helpful. Yeah. And I, before we move on to issue five, we've already said how much we love these action, but what I have liked, and I think that you could easily fall in a trap where each of those action sequences just feel repetitive, like right. more action, just more action. They each time have found different ways to progress it. So it yeah. feels like you're, even though you're going back to the same battle, it's progressing in different ways. Like the last time we check in, I love that. Like you get this, this big panel of the frogs from a distance climbing over the, the wall. You get a dragon who's got his fucking mouthful with one of those big lizards, which I love. Yeah. And then a narrower one where it's like more frogs ta- attacking, but then you just get real intimate at the very bottom with that Colonel or general, that American soldier, whereas you, the, the panels just get closer and closer until we end on a fucking, close up of his grimmest face just yeah. still fighting yeah. as it says you are losing <laughs> yeah. it's good, just, good on them and mixing yeah. it up and never feeling it's also stagnant. like keeps the feeling of danger even though okay so we're winning this battle it looks like we're winning this little battle but then yeah it keeps that sense of danger as men men saw it's like sure you might win today but this is just part of it and it's going to only get worse and you're not yeah. ready for that yes that's yeah. a great point it just reminds you, we haven't got out of it yet. Yeah. And that leads us right into issue five. Issue our five. Final we get issue. a really cool, I, I like this huge just cover that is featuring only Johan. Yeah, it's interesting that like, and I mean, I think it makes more sense. It's almost to the last image. Like it's, it's interesting that this cover sort of bookmarks itself with the final image of this issue. Yeah. 
um, because prior to this, every issue cover has been more of a classical like montage or, or yeah, or like, like the way that Mignola collage. will like yeah have like all of these different elements or like yeah maybe he'll have like one scene happening with like a figurative element like the talisman in the foreground or something like that. I personally like when comics have just like one figure, one like sick ass drawing of a figure with like not much else going on in the background. I just think it's like there's like a word like not like a pinup, but something similar to that where it's like just one figure is featured really prominently with uh, just doing like a cool action pose. And that's exactly what this is. It's like Johan in this great this great silhouette. Like if you just like squint your eyes, you can see that he's exactly like desperately falling he's like way off balance and seemed seemingly falling backwards totally engulfed in flame that's bad and his like spirit is like exiting through his little like thingy holes that he's done before so you're like he looks like he's in bad in like pretty dire straits we know he's got another suit somewhere but it's kind of far yeah totally he seems like he's toast and we know he has another suit but it might be far away we don't know if he can get to it I also like, I mean, it's such a strong diagonal or it's kind of like this cool curve almost with the flames like coming in from the the top right and then going in this following his body in this cool curve down to the bottom right, which is like all of their all of their names, all of the credits are kind of pushed to the right. Like they're not perfectly centered. So it kind of help, it kind of, like it's this is another thing of like the design, including the, the text in the design. Because in the in the volume eleven, the Black Goddess that I'm reading, they do that thing where they completely take the color out and all of the title and oh, credits and shit. That's a bummer. I mean, you can. It's still like a very pretty thing to look at, but it's like just like purple, black on purple. But yeah, I really like the color and des- and word like design elements of the actual cover that I'm looking at just on the wiki. Yeah, I like all of them with the with, and I like that they they change the color of the the bprd yeah font because that's somebody put a lot of work into that part too yeah i think they should be published with all of that stuff that's just how i feel um because it's part of the design i agree and i like to add to everything that you've said that is right on it's nice to have like a i think this will become a little more clear maybe when we read it it's cool to have like a cover that's more interpretive or symbolic of what we're reading versus like just sort of laying out what you're going to get yeah. It's just the simple image. I don't think this exact thing, ha- I'm trying to remember exactly now. I read it two seconds ago and I can't remember, but. I'm pretty sure it doesn't happen exactly, but it's very yeah. symbolic. Yeah. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Yeah, we see Johan still like kind of talking to himself, letting us know what's going on in his head as he's holding this bloodied knife. I didn't know that I could do that. It, that it would be so easy, so quiet. The things inside of man. Yeah, well, no need for stealth anymore. And pulls out a gun, <laughs> drops the knife. <laughs> so it's like weird. He's like even questioning it himself. He's like, wow, I didn't know I was capable of that. So something's going on like internally with Johan and even he's yeah. not fully aware of what it is. Yeah, and it's very funny he says the stealth thing because I'm like, I didn't think like you were being stealthy at all. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to get some another intense shit about to happen, which is fucking wild. Yeah, it seems like Kate and Devin have come back into this huge chamber where Liz is 
floating. And we have the statue of the black goddess in the background. Abe's like, yeah, what's going on? Uh, Kate's like, oh, he just wanted to tell me about the hands of fate that brought him here. And how stupid we are, that too. So just kind of being like, yeah, you know, the the usual madman rigmarole that we get from everybody trying to take over the world in one way or another. So that's that's like a fun exchange between Kate and, and Abe. Abe explains that he was going to try to snap her out of it, but he doesn't know if that's going to hurt Liz. So he's like, yeah, so what do we do? Like, we don't do anything? Kate's, you know, coming back like, no, we got to just think and strategize. Abe takes some initiative and points a gun right at the monk that's been helping him out (laughs) just to be like, hey, we can take hostages too, trying to like balance this power out and like have some negotiating power in this situation. Memnonsa appears there with his like full headdress again. And he's like, oh yeah, you want to shoot him? Go ahead. And then the monk like wills Abe to shoot him. He is like, let me show you what that gun is good for. And now Abe, his hands start shaking, indicating that he's like <laughs> struggling against this other power that's controlling him. And his face, he's like grimacing as he's cocking the gun. Kate recognizes this is like, what are you doing to him? And Abe, against his will, blows this monk's head fucking off. <laughs> like not, and, and when I say off, like it doesn't like fall off. It's like it turns to fucking red dust <laughs> yeah one how powerful is this fucking nice pistol? gun yeah, very yeah. Good gun. oh my god um, i love i yeah. love real quick that back and forth right before he the trigger gets pulled is yeah when kate's like what the hell are you doing him and i love mim and saws like i have nothing to do with a doctor it's like right. this is straight up that fucking monk's just like i'm committed to die for this what yeah. yeah he says you know he says a very monk thing you use a weapon to negotiate you are not worthy of his attentions let me show you what a gun is good for. So it's like, you know, just that whole monk's thing of like, oh, you're angry. It's bad to be angry and it only makes you angrier. Yeah. That kind of shit. Yeah. But in such a, a to the extreme. <laughs> yeah. Not that I'm saying all monks do that. It's just like I think the all way, monks do the this. The way that they're depicted in media sometimes is like, you know. Yes. It's like, oh, well, you're doing that. I knew you would do that. That kind of shit. You yeah. know? Yes, totally. And it can become annoying in situations. (laughs) Especially in this one where it's like they're kind of evil or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, have their own reasons and all that stuff. Not like explicitly evil, but the bad guys. Yeah. Outside, shit's fucked up. It looks like the dragons are winning. They're ripping these guys to shreds finally, like crustacean guys, like their limbs are being separated from their bodies. The dragons are like ripping them apart. But the fucking frogs and the fucking uh, subterranean dudes are all fucking inside now. Yeah, over the the wall. Breach the wall. But it seems fine. Like the monks, as they're blasting away with their like old rifles, they're like, you think there's a second wave? No, I think this is it. So it got like kind of bad, but not too hairy. Meanwhile, back in. This dark chamber, you know, Memnon saw is doing that thing of like, I warned you, this was your choice. You made your choice. And they're just like, all right, fucking, you fucking bastard. Like, (laughs) you know, human life doesn't mean anything to you. He's like, not one human life. I care about all these human lives. Johan comes up, guns blazing, ready to shoot. But Memnon saw is using his telekinesis to like knock him back. His head globe smashes on the ground and cracks. And it seems like he is... His Johan spirit is just like dissipating. Yeah, that's a fucking crazy what we assume for a moment for Johan. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like bad, but it's not like, you know, 
he's left his suit before. It's not like, you know, I, I didn't see that and think like, Johan's dead or something, but it's not great. Like he would have to find his suit. And when I was first reading it, I was like, oh, he's got his other suit. I think something like that will happen. The only thing is I just don't know what's around that he can embody. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Memnon saw is like speaking to Liz saying like, oh, sorry, I didn't want to have to kill your friends and shit. And then he interprets like she generates this little flame in front of her and he interprets that as look she forgives me but he's like enthralled by it yeah. and holding it and being like oh no you know continuing to be like almost hypnotized by this power like oh she's understanding what i want now while he's doing that with his back turned to johan like he seems in his mind to have like dispatched that threat but then <laughs> Johan's like ectoplasmic spirit turns into Lobster Johnson. A full on lobster. Fully turns into like Lobster Johnson's ghost as Memnon saw is continued to be like just completely distracted by this flame. Lobster Johnson picks up the gun as if to shoot Memnon saw in the back, who then turns around and takes the flame and blasts Lobster Johnson out of the fucking building. <laughs> so he's like screaming and engulfed in flame. Which is a fun moment. Truly a surprise when I was reading it. It was like, yeah. oh, he's going to get the upper hand. And then I was like, nope. He's got him. Yeah, nope. <laughs> and then Pemnitsa is like holding his flaming fist. You didn't believe me, but now you do. She gives it to me as much as I want. For whatever I want, like, you know, taking her power and shit. And I love Abe here. Like, fuck off. We're not finished with you yet. <laughs> And then this sucks. He like telekinesis Abe into a column like really hard. Abe's face is like totally distorted and like bleeding. Kate's great. God damn it. You're a dead man. Kate also takes a telekinetic punch. But then <laughs> as he's like occupied with pushing BPRD members around with his brain, the talismans around Kate start popping and exploding kind of like exploding into little flames and we yeah. see outside <laughs> the dragons outside are like becoming completely engulfed in flames and seem to be seem to be like dissipating into flame a little bit. Yeah. They're taking out frogs with them. They're like burning up frogs and stuff, but and it seems like most of their job is done out here, so maybe that's why at this point Liz is like destroying them or their powers run out or whatever. They all Yeah, I mean, I think it's an emo I mean, either it's that or it's done, their job is done or I think it's an emotional response to what's taking place, right? Yeah. It's Liz fighting through and going, "Okay, wait. Let me get rid of this." So it's like maybe you have but to. But it still just... has like she's still entranced or whatever. True. Like she starts speaking in like the ancient Hyperborean language, or right, whatever. Right. Yeah, like this kind of like ancient language. And her eyes and like third eye, you know, this like spot on her forehead, um, are completely still like ghosted out, like engulfed in flame. But. Memnonza seems to be horrified by the fact that the talismans are exploding. So I'm sure it's something that he didn't expect and or or want. Yeah. And as the last of the frogs and uh, servants of the left hand are getting shot to death by monks outside, <laughs> we hear like some screaming, presumably from Memnonza. See Kate talking, speaking in this ancient language and like rising up as Memnon Sa becomes engulfed in flame and screams like, no, Elizabeth, no, you can't. Abe's like watching on. And then he's like completely like from the inside cooked. And like, yeah, he get lit up. <laughs> yeah, just everything, all of his flesh turned into ash and he's just like a pile of 
burnt bones that are still kind of glowing. I like this, like, that was like a good coloring job, too. I thought Dave Stewart's getting like a nice little, like, reddish kind of glow. Yeah. Where the bones are so hot that they look like, or they're either that or they're reflecting Liz's fire still, but I just liked the color there. Yeah. I'm um, with you there. They probably yeah. maybe have ambers on them a little bit. It yeah, looks like yeah, a little, little yeah. hot spots. <laughs> and then. Liz, after that happens, like she seemed to like really her power like ramped up for a minute and then she kind of passes out into uh, Kate catches her. Then Liz wakes up and comes to and it's Liz again inhabiting her own body. She's like, where am I? She doesn't remember <laughs> any of that shit. Kate and Abe are just excited. She's back. You know, she's like, everybody, you're oh, you're hurt. Like, are you OK? Like that whole kind of thing. She doesn't know what the fuck was going on. Kate's like, okay, we'll explain later. Let's get the hell out of here. And as they go to leave, Devin, Kate, Abe, and Liz, they are, they stop short and look at the doorway and see Lobster Johnson moving a curtain aside. He looks okay. He's a little on fire. <laughs> yeah, a little on fire. <laughs> he's a little on fire, but he's otherwise fine. To be concluded in BBRD, the King of Fear. And that's the end of the fifth issue. That's wild. Still plenty of questions. I am glad that Memnonsaw's dead because he's such like a dick. He's such an annoying asshole. Yeah, but it seems like there's still plenty of bad shit going on. Yeah, and it's interesting that we, Johan Kraus has become Lobster. We thought he was, we've always considered Lobster like a, a good guy. He, well, he, the way he goes about it, he's a fucking maniac. Uh, <laughs> but this is, I don't know what's to come because our, we finally got Liz out. We're in this moment of like conclusion and Lobster Johnson is standing at them and his pose is not like, is a very much like a threatening pose. He's blocking their way. It's not. Yeah. Come with me or anything like that. We're not, in, there's no implication that Johan is in control at this point in that form. We just think yeah. this is full on f flamed up fucking Lobster Johnson just stopping them. Yeah, it's very it's interesting. Like, yeah, I'm a little scared of what he's going to do for sure. Right. So it's 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 crazy to think that they like really put a we got rid of Amen saw in the coolest fucking way of lighting him up with my Liz. Yeah. Like I don't think he's recovering from that. <laughs> yeah. Putting like a, a full on stamp of like done on that just to have something completely new fucking waiting for us at the door, you know, to a yeah. literal point. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wild. I don't, I don't, yeah. I'm very curious what's to come in this follow-up, uh, King of Fear. <laughs> I know. We'll get I there. Reading immediately. Yeah. Um, for, and then yeah. for, for me, um, the, they have the notes by Guy Davis in this like sketchbook. Yeah. Where he's just kind of talking about like different designs, kind of talks a little bit about the design of like Mike wanted the designs for the dragons to have long twisting bodies of mythological Chinese dragons. I based the faces on moray eels to make them seem like something more biologically than fantasy based. Oh, cool. And the body poses in the story were inspired by a couple of pet ferrets, which I thought was pretty funny. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And there's like great little sketches of them. And it seems like Guy Davis. It was his idea to make the dragons emerge from the frogs' tongues, like bust out of the tongues. Like at first, like Mike, like uh, or uh, John had written that they just like emerge out of smoke from the frogs' bodies. But I guess um, Guy Davis wanted to have them like bust out of a frog in a more like violent way. 
And he was like, oh, they let me do it. Yeah, and I like how he says in there specifically, but I thought the frogs deserved to suffer a bit more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, I that. thought that was cool. Just like a couple of like little sketches of Liz, like she was going to have these cool paintings on her skin, but it was like too busy. Same thing with like, and he calls them Hyperboreans. Mike's great designs for the Hyperboreans were all established from Hollow Earth. For a bit, I thought about giving some of them armor for the big attack, but the huge fight scene already seemed cluttered enough without adding more little details. And he shows the, you know, these little like the more ape-like Hyperboreans that were the servants of the left hand. But he refers to them as Hyperboreans there. So that's why I was yeah. confused. I was like, well, what the fuck? But I guess they were like sort of Hyperborean, but like still like different species or race or some shit. I don't know. But yeah, just like differentiated from like the monks or whatever. The monks are these, like, I don't know, descendants of these priests that we saw in Men and Saw's story. Yeah, and I mean, if they're all part of, like, if they were, like, slaves, they could be considered Hyperboreans, but, you know what I mean? This yeah, yeah. A slave class. So it's it's definitely, you know, no yeah. one's, no one's like, every time they show up, the Hyperboreans. Yeah. So it's understandable that it's confusing at times, but it doesn't ruin anything for me. No, yeah, yeah. Just like, oh, well, what do I call these guys? Yeah. Um, I really like in the sketchbook here two things from Guy Davis. One, he has like this really fun design from the Lobster Johnson flashback of like yeah. a guy with these like three hooks as a hand. Yeah, rake and, hand. Yeah, rake hand. That's very fun. But ended up using, of course, the still hawk that uh, Mignola wanted to have featured. And he says, I have no idea what the story is behind this guy, which is the guy with the fucking alligators. Yeah. And like the like the, the tribal mask. It says yeah. something from John's great imagination, but you don't need to ask me twice to draw something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing is, I love this. It didn't make the book, but I thought it was a cool, you get a little bit of a sketch, but he says, Guy Davis says, I liked the idea of Lobster Johnson crawling out of the fallen bodysuit of Johan for his big reveal in the fifth chapter, but the layout and the pacing of the page didn't work for it. So it's like a closer shot of Lobster Johnson for the final page as well. Looks like they were, he thought about doing a closer up. But I like the idea of him crawling out too. I understand why he didn't go with it. Yeah. Especially with the story that they were telling. Yeah. But it's, it is a cool visual of him crawling out from the suit. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of cool stuff. It's creepy. Do you have any favorite moments? Of the fifth one, probably. I do like this one of like Liz finally like rising up and Memnon Saw becoming engulfed in flame. I think that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think you're fucking right on with that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to, I'm going to, I can only piggyback and say that is the fucking, it's great. <laughs> it's just like satisfying, you know? It's like, okay, finally this guy's getting his. He's yes. been torturing Liz for like, years of actual time like publication time you know yeah it's like yeah finally like i want liz back i don't want this like tortured her to be tortured anymore so in that moment in that panel in that one page panel yeah you finally good. get you finally get that yeah totally i'm with you there um I, I don't even know if i have a favorite panel i like it all in here and i like i think it's more of the where they've decided to take our characters in the sense of like, I feel like, I don't know what's going to happen in the next storyline, but I feel like they just handed so much tra like trauma. Like, I'm like, how are these characters going to like work through the trauma of this adventure? Because yeah. you have Johan, who's now been overcome by Lost Johnson and killed some fuck straight up slit of throat. You have Abe who tried to do make a negotiation and then 
ended up having to fucking shoot a fucking monk's head off. Yeah. Everybody else has witnessed this, of course. You have Liz, who's gone through probably the most of anybody. You don't even just wake up from all of this and be like, I don't know where the fuck I've been. (laughs) Yeah, they still have all these battles to fight. And it's like how much of what Memnon saw has been saying is believable and how much is bullshit. I mean, obviously he got killed and didn't like fulfill in his mind like what the prophecy was, which was like him leading, using Liz's power and like leading Hyperboreans to this like new age or whatever. So, you know, it's like, oh, he said we would be defeated, but. Maybe not because he's fucking dead now and he wasn't right about all this other shit. So I don't know. Maybe they still have a prayer of saving humanity, basically. Yeah, exactly. I think you're yeah. right. And I'm wondering, yeah, what do you, how do you follow up with this, this? So I'm very curious where we're going. Yeah, totally. Forward with all of it because it's, it's fat. It's just, it's completely, absolutely fascinating. Yeah. It leaves me with such great curiosity for the future is the best yeah. way to put it, which I think is a great thing And I'm for just it. excited because it's like, okay, Liz will be back for yeah. wherever we go next. A hundred percent. Liz will yeah. be there. And also I'm, I'm very curious just how the hell do they, they I mean, I know I'm in Saw's dad, but like those monks still ex- are still outside. They just walk right out. What, yeah, is I don't any, think they're going to be super. Yeah, I don't know if they'll be happy that Memnon Saw's dead or not. I guess it depends on if my idea of him being, like, used as a tool by Hyperboreans is right or not. Very true. What's going to come but, of that? Yeah. I well, that, know. I don't know. I mean, that's, I don't have, I my, I feel like my, my, my favorite part about this issue is really just the the growth that they're they're pushing the story forward with. And yeah. It, uh, uh, it makes me excited for the future is all, as I repetitively say. Hell yeah. So... Great. I, 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 on top of that, I mean, I, I feel like I'm speechless because I just, I'm just so excited to see what comes next. Yeah. But I'd love to hear from you, listeners. Anybody that wants to shed any more uh, further um, thoughts onto these, the last two chapters, and anything that you, we've talked about in the Black Goddess, uh, you can email us and share your thoughts with us at ah crap a hellboy podcast at gmail com. You have anything to any of the suggestions to watch or enjoy based on any of this? I can't think of anything like directly related to all, I guess like dragon stuff. Mostly, I mean, and I told you that I'm I just bought Resident Evil Village. Yeah. Before we started recording. So if any listeners are playing that, I guess you could like <laughs> let her know. Send me good memes or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> I'm scared to play it, but I'm going to play it. Yeah, you won't catch yeah. me playing it. <laughs> Too I'm definitely going to have nightmares because I'm a big baby, but I'm excited. Great. I love it. Re-talking about The Watchers, it made me think of one slightly underrated movie. I don't think this movie is underrated to the degree that I think it should be held up as one of the best movies of all time, but I think I think it wasn't as bad as it is as it got it what it got told to be, um, is Darren Aronofsky's Noah. I think the movie's not that bad. And I think they deal they deal with a little bit of like the beginning of time, angels falling and becoming these like creatures that live among men and the design of them in that movie, the angels falling and becoming like these giant like titan like sort of rock creatures is very fucking cool. I don't think it's perfect, but I like it enough that I to suggest it. That's all. Just the watchers and I like I do like biblical again, I like biblical stories if we treat them like fucking stories and not fact. <laughs> 
that's my only suggestion. I mean, that's it for this episode then. I would just say if you can please follow us on Instagram at Aw Crap a Hellboy Podcast, at Twitter, Aw Crap Hellboy, as well as please, if you have the option on whenever you listen to the podcast to rate and review us, please do so. But if you go out of your way to go onto Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review that starts with the word boom, B-O-O-O-M, we call that a boom review. If you give us a boom review on Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a big old shout out, praise you, love you, and read your review right here on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So we're looking forward to the future of BPRD and what is the outcome of this storyline. That's where we ended with all of this. Very curious. Can't wait. But that's it for this episode. So we'll see you next week. Thank you again for listening. And remember... We love you. We love you. I feel like my allergies are slowing my thought process down for this recording. I mean, yeah, it can make you feel so hazy in your head. Hi, my name is Eve Sturgis, and I have one question for you. Did you ever think about how much sex it takes to build a family tree? Those recreational DNA companies like 23andMe and Ancestry have such wholesome commercials about being Irish or Italian and connecting family and learning about heritage. But really, it's all about sex. Trust me, I made an entire podcast talking with people about the shocking discoveries and the deep, dark secrets that come to the surface with a few drops of spit. Season three of Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is coming at you April 16th from Campfire Media on all the pod platforms. 